Well, 2020 woke culture and social debate is quickly turning into a question of what matters. This group says this group matters, that group says that group matters. They're both upset with each other. Of course, a generalization like all people matter, well, that just gives too much credit to some people who others think, well, they get too much credit already. So in the meantime, we'll just keep saying things like history doesn't matter and truth doesn't matter and facts don't matter. And if you're somebody like me who thinks actually they do, well, then your opinion doesn't matter. But you know what? I'm going to share it anyway. And who's going to stop me? Well, hello, and thank you for joining our podcast. This is Right All Week, and I'm your host. My name is Dave. If you would like to interact on all the usual social media platforms, the username is at Right All Week. And you can also send us an email, the address there, rightallweek at gmail.com. If you're listening to an audio podcast, please hook us up with a positive review if you would. And on the YouTubes, all of you there watching us now, please remember to like, subscribe, ring that bell for future notifications. And everybody everywhere, please do share what you're listening listening to or watching right now so that other folks can come and find us because I'd like to think that there are more people out there who agree with us that these issues, these messages actually matter. And that's what I want to talk about today, uh, what actually matters because there's a lot of contention going on right now about what should or shouldn't, what some people do believe do matter and things that they believe don't matter. And uh, over the weekend, if you've seen it, there's a video of a woman who was actually arrested down here in Florida recently because she she was trying to enter into a public building to be a part of a debate or at least a city meeting there where they were going to listen to some folks provide some dialogue and decide whether or not to do mask mandates. And uh, this was a story I told previously. And uh, yeah, she was arrested for trying to get in the building without a mask on, even though the meeting she was hoping to attend was the meeting where they would decide whether or not masks were going to be required. So uh, she's already had some experience as a culture warrior, if you might say. But uh, over the weekend, uh, she and her friends went to New York and took the message to the people there so, uh, in a pretty dramatic fashion, because maybe you know this, that the message Black Lives Matter was painted out onto the streets in that area. They, and they're referring to them as murals. It's just paint on the street. They've uh, painted out Black Lives Matter. And uh, because uh, Bevelyn Beatty is her name, uh, she's decided that uh, she wants to help people understand the things that really matter and the fact that BLM, the official organization, does not actually represent people like herself. She is also a woman of color, black woman, whichever your preferred title is. Much respect to you. So uh, she has gone up there with her friends and they are actually covering up these murals with black paint. Of course, you know, it would take a lot of time and they didn't actually get all of it. And there's a video of them, you know, pouring paint over each of the murals that are there. Murals and hashtags, if I may say, just because. Um, and uh, she's actually arrested uh, when they're doing one there and then the big one that I guess was the first one that most folks see. I would have shared some of this video if I thought that it would be all right. But personally, because the people who are there, who are watching, who witness it, their response is very unhealthy. It's very dark. I think it kind of reveals something about other people's feelings and their intentions and where they come from because she's there. She's pouring paint. They're using rollers and sometimes she's on her hands and knees using her 
hands to spread the paint out. But while she's doing it, she's shouting out specific messages. So she is there for messaging on top of, as she says, taking the country back. Uh, she's pointing out, hey, Black Lives Matter doesn't actually care about black people like they say. And she starts citing some of the reasons why that's true. And the fact that they don't show up to represent people over issues that are greater than the one that they say that they're going after right now. And I've already addressed the idea about uh, lawlessness and the defund the police message and all that. And please feel free to go check out that podcast. Uh, but she's addressing that one there while she's shouting out and say, hey, the, what they're fighting for today, this actually doesn't help us. It actually makes it more dangerous for us in our communities. Without policing, we will be in more danger. Of course, she's saying it in her language. I'm paraphrasing. And she's saying it much, much faster and much more in passion. I love the passion. And so uh, she's spreading this stuff out. And she also, she references some other things. Uh, the fact that they are literally killing each other. And she talks about the pro-life message saying, hey, their babies are aborted. And these are things in which BLM is not interested in. BLM really only has one thing that they're actually interested in. And the one thing that they're representing is not a benefit to people who are, you know, black people in America. And she's shouting out the bigger issues and also shouting out, hey, Jesus matters because she's a believer. So uh, I wanted to talk about some of the things that she's referencing because the people who are there, they see her while she's doing this. They're shouting out very inappropriate, nasty language back at her, which is the reason why I'm not sharing the video. And um, they aren't actually interested in hearing her talk about or her messaging when she's sharing, hey, these are the things that we face. These are the problems that we need solutions to. And uh, especially the fact that it seemed, we'll call it providential over the weekend, another video that surfaced, our uh, perhaps legitimate presidential uh, campaign runner, uh, Kanye West. We'll see how far that goes, but uh, he's had his first event and he got up and he shared some very personal things. And he addressed this issue also, the pro-life message and how much abortion has affected the black community and him personally. Got emotional in a video talking about his father not not caring whether or not he was born and then himself just how that whole it just worked from one generation to the next and he didn't even think about it and when his wife was pregnant with their first child he was just the default response was well i don't want a baby so let's just get rid of it of course now he's met his daughter he loves his daughter he's totally shift positions on this whole thing and that's why he cries because you know there's conviction in him and he knows that he was once wrong about this issue but this actually represents probably one, uh, well, I'm not gonna say probably. I want it to be a little more bolder than that. As far as I am aware, based on what I have studied, what I know, the greatest threat to the black community in America is not definitely not the police, because more people have already died in the riots than people were killed by the police over the course of the entire year of 2019. And uh, it could, you know, greater than that threat, of course, is violence in the communities, but the disproportionate threat to the black population is abortion. The murder of the babies in the wombs of their mothers takes more lives than just about any other cause that you can think of that would affect this community. And I have some stats that I pulled up today that I wanna share with you guys to help make the point because we are keeping track of this thing. CDC, if you know, they keep track of pretty much, you know, all the things that affect lives and then they break it down for us. So. I've pulled up some stats here to share with you guys. In 2018, when they were tracking these things, they determined that about, on average, 2,400 babies were murdered in the womb on any given day. That's your average daily running total. Now, they've broken it down into Hispanic, black, and white, in which the, the white community only makes up about 60% of the population. Well, not only, obviously, that's the majority, but 60% of the population, that would be whites. And then 13% uh, 
is the estimated current number of the, the population who are people of color, blacks, African-American, whichever title you feel is most respectful. And then finally, Hispanics make up the rest, or there might be another other category. But looking at these numbers, on average, the 2,400 daily running total, they would say 19% of that was for Hispanics, 30 8 or 39% would be for the black community and 35% would be white. So even though the white community outnumbers the black community by 47%, the black community actually takes has more abortions performed by 3% total. And this is a, of the total number of abortions, which means in this case you'd have about 456 Hispanic children, you'd have 840 white children, 912 black children on an average typical day. That's how many lives are lost. And now if you look at this and you would say, okay, well, uh, how much is that? What's the big picture? How does this affect like po total population numbers? And again, out the by more than four to one, white people outnumber black people currently. And it's actually, uh, the number's probably growing, I think, based on these birth rates. And, uh, but that doesn't stop the fact that the blacks, uh, the, their numbers of their abortions is actually higher. And they take, on any given day, close to the same number of lives, but usually, typically, a little bit more. Now, you might say, looking back at the old numbers, because we keep track of these census, even though technically they're, they are still growing. The African-American black community in America is still growing because the, the percentage of babies who are murdered is less than those who are born, so they've grown a little bit. It's still true, and they tracked it from 2000 to 2010, because you know we do these census, and uh, it grew by 12%. Okay, yay, great, thank God they're actually growing. Here's the thing, though, it's actually a slower growth rate than any of the other minorities, and you maybe, if you're somebody who's been around, you paid attention for a while, and around 2009, it was announced that actually the Hispanic community was now going to be the larger minority community because they were outnumbering African-Americans. And this is because of the, one of the primary contributing reasons right here is because literally more of them are born. So it's, uh, that's the cause of the demographic shift. And uh, again, despite the similar population numbers, because actually at that time, there was similar numbers between the two. At some point, they obviously had to be really close to each other in order for one to pass the other if they were originally in the opposite position. But again, having similar numbers, both being minorities, Hispanics only accounted for 19%. African-American women were taking up 39%. Much, much more. It's really sad to say. Is when this is something that we really need to consider. Again, our, the reason I wanted to bring it up because the message of today does not much include this. Now, there's not a whole lot of debate going on and specifically in any one of the, you know, the big name places where they're projecting their messages. They're not concerned about this one. And, may, and there are some reasons for that I'll get to in a second here. All right, so looking again, following the numbers, how much the population is and how much the percentage is, and they do a thing called a ratio and say, okay, well, for how many, for a thousand pregnancies that result in live birth, how many of them actually don't, what if the, how many of those are not miscarriages, how many of those are actually abortions? And in the African-American community, it's about 400 for 1,000 which is the highest ratio of any group currently. And then you look and see you know, the number of abortions that they to were accredited to them beginning in the 70s when it was first made legal, 24%, 34% in the 80s, 36% in the 90s, and now are yeah, throughout the 2000s. 
And now here we are sitting at 38, 39% in the current age when it is probably probably arguably you can make the case that the most dangerous place for any african-american person to be is in their mother's womb before she's decided whether or not she's actually going to follow through with it because they have a almost uh, it's more like a 60 40 chance at this point whether or not they're going to be born alive so it's very sad to see now they actually currently have uh somewhere around 44 million is the current population and uh, it's interesting when you compare that number, okay, well, if we've had uh, 60, over 60 million babies murdered in this country since it became quote unquote legal, which I'm saying it like that because the judges on the bench don't write the law, but we've decided that we're gonna go with that. So 61 million murders of infants in the womb since then, which means that about 20 million of them were African-Americans who currently have a population of 44 million. So it's almost a third of their total population that they could have right now have actually been killed since the abortion facilities and all the legalese and whatever that since it became a worldwide industry or a nationwide industry and people might want to argue say oh what about the idea that they're being targeted and i think that they really truly are especially when you take into consideration margaret sanger she started her birth league which is now planned parenthood she had all kinds of eugenics in mind. She was a hardcore racist. She could have she could have mentored Hitler. She was so crazy with these things. And she considered black people to be inferior, imbeciles, and she uh, unclean, and she wanted them all gone. And they are definitely carrying out her mandate, her missions, her goals to uh, reduce the number of these people in this nation. That was her plan, was to keep that number low, reduce it, and it's working for them currently and that's no it's no coincidence i think that you can find an again disproportionate number of clinics in their communities these low-income black communities and they say oh you just need some health care you just need to have that baby murdered so that way you can continue living your life when actually they're just it's more oppression it's holding them down it's preventing them from growth this third of the what could have been over 60 million current population doesn't even take into account the who would have been born since then because they're keeping track of it since the 70s May, that's plenty of time looking at 50 ish years now where another generation could be born and be working on another generation now so the growth is ridiculously halted and stalled specifically because of this one issue that they currently face and Beverly Beatty is out there rolling on the ground in the black paint with police come trying to take her away even though she's calling for the police to be refunded uh, she's also saying you know what actually BLM doesn't care about us they don't care about the fact that we're killing ourselves and they don't care about the fact that we are being targeted by this industry to make sure that we never grow into a sizable people. So again, I'm paraphrasing what she's shouting very passionately while she's out there. But the now people might hear these numbers and say, actually, because they're leftists and they really don't agree, don't care about these things. And there are plenty of people who are being very honest about it. Now, the idea, actually, yes, a baby's life is killed. A baby does die. And they aren't going to even try to argue with us about things because they're total science deniers, which is why COVID is so successful and why the climate control is so successful. They actually don't care about the sciences anymore. They don't care about the science in the womb and they don't care about the science, any other science. And that's the reason why they're willing to just deny none of this, anything 
anything that I just said that might have disturbed somebody, the idea that 2,400 babies are killed a day, that there's been 60 million since we've sort of made it legal, and the fact that we are literally keeping an entire demographic under the thumb by killing their babies, this would just be a non-issue to somebody who doesn't actually care about these things. And this is where I'm bringing it back to, hey, you know what? It's actually true when we say that just life matters. It's true when Bevelin's out there shouting, uh, shouting Jesus matters because that's where the real value comes from. If you don't have something like this, if you don't have the objective morality that comes from another source that is higher than all of us, then you get to redefine your own, and then why does it matter? Why do the lives matter? Why does any life matter if it doesn't have some value that is given to it beyond what we just sit here and decide as a society? This is the only reason any of it works. The reason somebody can go out there and project, oh, blue lives matter, or black lives matter, or white lives matter, or whatever argument they wanna make when they say, when they I, general don't generalize and just pick a group. The only reason any of that works is because you're not buying, you've bought into something other than the truth of what the Bible tells us about what makes people valuable. The thing that makes people valuable, of course, first is our creation that came from the Heavenly Father, created in the image of God. We are unique in this creation, unlike anything else. That also comes with bigger responsibilities, but then a step further, because you know what? The whole creation got shifted when a man made a mistake and God was like, I'm gonna make a plan right here, right now to pay the biggest price myself to actually save those people. He makes the plan before Babylon. Babylon occurs later and he changes, you know, then you get the nations shifted. But then when he comes, it's again, it's for all men. And we know that because of the way Jesus taught us about races and nationalities and all the prophecies in scripture about the different ethnos and how we all come back together under one new man, which is the man that Jesus makes. So this is the thing that matters. Yes, she's right. She's out there screaming life matters and she's out there screaming Jesus matters. But if you don't buy into these things, if you don't believe in Jesus and you don't believe the biblical definition of why a life is significant, why we get intrinsic value because of the value that God gives to us because of the price that he paid to keep us, to redeem us, to make it possible for us to be with him again. If you don't agree with any of that, then everything that I'm saying here doesn't matter. And it's so easy to just go out there and continue to make debates and to do everything that you can to divide people, but that is actually the strategy of the devil. People who agree with that, going out there and, and saying messages like this, the messages of division, trying to raise one group over another, or trying to keep another group down, or whatever their argument is, it's a typical devil tactic, the idea of keeping them divided, and then prowling around, seeing who am I going to be able to pick off and kill, just like, you know, just like lions do when they're hunting for wild game. And that is his strategy. And that is the strategy currently of the leftist progressive status in this culture because they have, you know, all of their bases and they're on in the you know, pick a camp, but they have to like segregate it and separate it and everybody has to have their intersectionality label to clearly defined. Make sure you put that on your name tag because we need to know which group you belong to which won't have anything to do with the beliefs. It'll only have all these other things that we're gonna pick that actually define you. And what doesn't define you isn't gonna be anything about ideology or theology or any of the stuff that I just said. And that's what they're doing. And the idea is it's wicked, it's evil, and it needs to be, to, you know, people need to actually push back on it. So God bless Bevel and Beatty for going out there, and God bless Kanye for talking about it. It's something that there needs to be more awareness, which is why I decided to do it, make that my primary topic for today. We go out there and actually we need to do what we can to help people understand. 
find a, for yourself, let's just, you know, we'll call this an, an act, a call to action, right? Find a way that you can to help take the message to the public. It's an election year. It makes sense that we would do this anyways to make the pro-life issue a wedge issue so that we can once again rally people together so that we can actually choose righteous leaders. But again, I want to remind you guys, there's another video out there where I talk about specifically what makes a winning pro-life movement. So please go and check that one out as well so that way you can be informed. But it's our responsibility to know these things. We need to know what's happening. We need to know what actually matters because yes, Jesus matters. Yes, life matters. And the truth matters and history matters because we don't want to go back and repeat any of the dooms and any of the problems, any of the bad things. We want to learn from those lessons and take them forward and hand them down to our children because we're not going to be killing them anymore. So this is what I wanted to share today. This is what I wanted to give to you and hope that you could put this to some work. Hopefully you can feel inspired and actually find a way to make a difference and uh, be a voice for the voiceless because this is... Uh, let me make one last correlation to help drive the point home, especially for those who don't like the current situation right now. Even though we've proven COVID is a total hoax, it's a total scam, it's not a real epidemic, but it is being uh, used as a measure of control to restrict people's liberties. And a lot of people are out there saying, well, I didn't get a voice, I didn't get a vote, just like Bevelin didn't get a vote when they made the mandate, right? So things like that. I'm, I, I'm not getting opportunity to voice my opinion, I'm not getting a vote, and now my I'm getting my liberties restricted, I'm being controlled and I'm being manipulated. Well, you know what? You can use that as a means to sympathize with the babies in the womb because they don't get a vote and their life is actually ended. They're not just denied liberty, they are denied life. So. There it is. I want to give that to you. I hope that, uh, that it means something to you, that you realize how much this matters and that you'll be inspired to help make a difference. I thank you for sticking around and finishing this video. I hope that you'll come back and you'll watch more, that you'll share more. Once again, my name is Dave, and this is Right All Week, where we talk about what's right, how it's right, and why it matters. <music>